Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Off the Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I talked to Anthony Preston of A2 Productions, uh, alongside his co-producer, uh, Andre. Uh, collectively, they have produced and worked on music for, I guess, some of the, the most famous people on the planet. Far too many to list. Go Google it. We, we, we talk about um, some of the people that he's worked with as this conversation unfolds. And, and what I should also say is um, I've been so lucky uh, over the last, you know, couple of years and, and to, to have so many beautiful open honest revealing conversations with 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 so many amazing creative people um and this episode today is certainly no different um i just want to thank anthony up front of this conversation because it it goes places this and and anthony's so open and you know it it gets very emotional in, in, in places um and it's it's a it's a beautiful conversation, and, and I really want to just thank Anthony up front of this uh, chat um, being played uh, for for his openness uh, and honesty and and to tell his story. Um, that aside, oh, I should also point out that this is a really fun and and, and wonderful chat as well. Um, but it's just a, a a real roller coaster of of emotion this one, and 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 I can't thank um, Anthony enough for for, for that honesty. Um, before we do uh, get rolling on that chat, um, just some thank yous. Uh, thank you to Kat for facilitating this conversation. Um, thank you to Scroobius Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. Thank you to 76 uh, for producing this. It's not always the easiest thing to do when, you know, I should point out that Anthony's based in America. So this was obviously done remotely as of as, as of, I guess most podcasts at the moment while we're, we're still in the pandemic. Um, and yeah, it was, you know, it, it, it's, it gives a producer a, a little bit of extra work to try and ensure that he gives you the best sounding podcast he can without us both being in a, a nice studio together. So thanks to 76 for doing that. If this is your first time listening to Off The Beat and Track, then um, once you get to the uh, end of this episode, uh, then I suggest why not have a look in the archives because you can hear me talking to... Chuck D of Public Enemy, you can hear me talking to Fatboy Slim, to Tommy Lee of Motley Crew, to Melanie C of the Spice Girls, gosh, Papa Roach, um, oh gosh, there's so many now, um, oh god, I'm not even going to keep listing them, go and have a look, because it's a who's who of all your favourite musicians, producers, actors, comedians, go and, go and have a look in that archive. Um, if you'd like to support the podcast, um, all I ask is that you give it a a like, love, share, retweet on the socials. Subscribe better. That would be really good. If you can subscribe, that does really help. Um, and if you'd like to, uh, to to go another level with your support for the podcast, um, I have a Patreon page, and it's patreon.com forward slash off the beat and track. And then for as little as a dollar a month, you get access to, oh, blimey, loads of stuff, like bundles and bundles of... Um, standalone radio shows video episodes there's about 200 episodes that have never been released to the the public that you can get access to uh and and you'll keep getting new ones each week as well and most of all you're supporting the podcast so yeah if you can do that even better and everything that i've just been talking about you can find out about all of it at your one-stop shop which is off the beat and track 
com. Okay, please enjoy today's episode with Anthony Preston. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Okay, right, we are recording. Joining me today, Anthony Preston. Hello. Hey, how are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Uh, where are you today, Anthony? I am physically on the East Coast in the United States of America, separated from my hearts who are both in uh, Norway at the moment. <laughs> and so before we get, you know, we get onto records and, and, and your playlist today, just interested to know like how you found the last year um both as anthony preston human being and as anthony preston creative wow i didn't really know that there was a difference sometimes i think that's part of the challenge that we go through as creative people right um but it was it's it's been challenging and rewarding at the same time a lot of time to reflect and to slow down enough to appreciate um, the things that we do have and the successes that we've had and uh, to, you know, rethink your story and your past and, and where you can do better and how you can do better. Um, so in that sense, it, it, it was perfect. Um, obviously, it's unfortunate, you know, with so many people. I lost a lot of friends, a lot of industry friends, uh, people who had hands in my career early on. Um, and, 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 and so it was a lot emotionally from that perspective. And then creatively, um, fortunately, I, I don't work in a creative vacuum. Um, Andre is very supportive with um, and and really um, helps uh, keep things moving in that way. When my mind just kind of gets emotional and twisted up, and, sure. and, you know, you're not you're not by yourself in terms of everything you guys need to accomplish. So if I'm having a bad day, he's having a great day. If we're both having a bad day, we still are able to get together. Like, wait, we so both to give- can't do this today. <laughs> To give that a little bit of context for those that um, may not be uh, aware of Andre, Andre is uh, your production partner. Uh, is, is that fair to say that he's, he's, he's a co-producer as a production duo? Yeah, we're a production duo. He's the other A and A2. So there's two A's and an A2, um, and that's who he is. Um, and we have a really strong and solid relationship um, that really leads itself outside of the studio. Um, in, a, in a lot of ways, the fact, you know, we bonded in music when we first met many years ago. Um and so I think that was the start of our thing. And, and, and the more we realized that we had dreams that were aligned and saw the industry the same way and wanted to make changes, um, you know, and then so we started this journey. Um, and I, I consider it like a learning journey where you just, you go into it not knowing what's going to happen on the other side, but with the right intentions and, and you, 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 you fall down and you get yourself up and dust your knees off and keep moving, keep climbing, you keep fighting. Um, you know, I always think about the little memes that people put out sometimes where they show how many failures you have to go through to get to success and how everyone thinks success or everyone's an overnight, and especially in our industry, right? Everyone's an overnight success until you actually talk to that person and you realize their story was far from overnight, if that makes sense. So, um, yeah. So just to answer, you know, it's been good and bad, but I'm really looking forward to the future and things normalizing and, and being able to um, just continue to to drive the ball and, and do the things that we want to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Okay. Well, look, we're going to start your playlist today. And, uh, and for track one, uh, I'm going to ask you, Anthony, to tell me the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro, please. <laughs> no pressure yeah no pressure no no pressure this, so i'm from a little town in east texas um uh, called texarkana um and the very first concert i went to was in shreveport which is like three or four hours away that's where we would go school shopping it was the city if you can believe that and that's still not a city right um and so my parents took me when i was 10 years old to a concert for the legendary diana ross and and she played this song and it just always was one of not only did I go on stage for muscles and take my shirt off, but she played this song. <laughs> and 
and the intro, it was like this dynamic moment. I mean, as everybody knows, right? Miss Ross is probably one of the most legendary performers of all time. So she always had a way of like making it real, you know, with her intros and how she would come out on stage. And so this is more, it's not only for me, it's the, the intro is great to the song, but also what she does with it or did with it back then in live performance just left me kind of like, oh my God, I want to work in this space for the rest of my life. So yeah, it's, it's called I'm Coming Out. Oh, I mean, what a record. What a yeah. record. Um, and I'll tell you, that's Noel Rogers, right? That is. That would be the only, and, and he's still around doing big and great things, especially over there in the UK. I mean, yeah, Noel Rogers, he, he knows his way around an intro. I mean, he's, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, even just to look at Le Freak as what, one of the most instant like intros completely. Yeah, Noel Rogers, yeah. What, what, what an absolute legend. I mean, Dinah Ross aside, Let's get back to the more pressing matter. So you're on stage with your shirt off for muscles. This is what I'm interested in. What's going on here? (laughs) (laughs) It happened so fast. (laughs) It happened so fast. My mother and my parents were definitely pushing us and driving us to do it. It was me and my brother. I don't even remember how old I was. I, my baby brother wasn't born yet. So I had to be knee knee high to a, a grasshopper myself, maybe 10 I don't know, like <laughs> like something crazy like that. And um, yeah, she she had us come on stage. And I just remember like the older, bigger, taller guys that actually had muscles. <laughs> like we're standing around like, like, hey, I'm here for it. Like, let's go. <laughs> I mean, just to touch on intros and, 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 and songwriting and, and, and production, you've, you know, you've worked with so many like, absolute legends uh, and worked on some ridiculously big selling records um so what i'm interested to know is um as over the last maybe let's look at sort of 10 years of music the way that music has evolved in 10 years insofar as how people listen to music and Mm -hmm. we're looking at younger audiences that have very very fast thumbs that are very very quick to to just on to the next thing on to the next thing and so i just wonder how that as affected how you've approached you know putting music together um more recently just uh, just i've never ever managed to get this question right and i've asked it 250 times now but <laughs> no no just, i think i understand ha- what you mean. how the way that people listen to music has evolved you know has that affected yeah. how you know the, the, when, when we talk about the sort of a recipe for a hit record and and you know that right straight to the vocal and you know do we start with the chorus or all of these things things well, I, that I, re- I remember back in the day it was all about getting it under three minutes so you could get it played on the radio in the uk exactly. and that was like and that was everybody's goal and then you know i remember people pushing back on that like one <laughs> conversation that i was having with will when he was producing a record once and he was like i don't care it's gonna be four minutes i'm doing it in four minutes uh, is, is this care. will i am you're talking about yeah yeah will right I am, okay yeah. sure he was just like he was just like if, if, if the beat is there you just let the beat ride for four minutes and so to, to go from that conversation to i think andre and i last week were like how are we gonna get this damn song down to two minutes yeah. You know, like we're in this space now where, like you said, these kids are TikToking and you got to catch them. You got to catch them fast or they'll move on. Um, and not only that, but the playing field is so flat. Like there's so many songs, there's so many artists um, and so many good songs. Right. It's not just, you know, I think the stat is like twenty five thousand songs a day are released. Well, you know, it's not like only one or two of them are great songs. Right. It's how you cut through the, all the chitter chatter how do you cut through to get to these phones to get to the kids on the phone so you know we find ourselves reacting uh, but i think at the end of the day for me personally and i think andre would co-sign on this it's still very art for chart music matters the art form matters even if and i for me i'm willing to I think there's a cyclical thing that happens. Like it always comes back around. Like we're, we're reliving disco right now. And I even think that's what's going to happen with the need for real music and the need for organic instruments, the need for maybe the songs to be just a little bit longer. You know, the need for, I mean, what are we going to do? Have songs on the radio be 30 seconds, you know, and follow the model of, of visual assets. And then, I mean, is that going to really be a song? Is it, you know, and so what I'm really hoping happens um, as the industry normalizes in terms of the financials um, and we really start to focus back on the art form itself um, is that some of this stuff plays out and just becomes more important than um, 
than stats and analytics. Uh, 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 I think you're right, and I think that 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 kind of thing can happen. And I think in a, in a, maybe in a, a a different time, maybe it did happen. I mean, if you look at if you look at Motan as an example, you know these you know uptight and all of these super sweet short pop gem records, absolute like perfect pop records, and then. You know, against I guess what Barry Gordy was hoping, Marvin Gaye puts out what's going on. Then you hear, you know, you see what the Temptations start doing with like Papa was a Rolling Stone. There's no vocal on that record for at least two minutes. It's just the right. baseline, and it's like right. and then what's going on being this concept record that's it's not got singles on it. It's just has to be listened to as a piece of art. So I do think even back then, if you look at like you know when was that like late sixties. It, it it was changing then already. It was like, look, okay, we can still do that. We can still experiment and yeah. you know and re, rewrite the kind of the, the recipe. Yeah, but I think it also is going to require for um, what I call the powers that be of our industry, <laughs> the, the gatekeepers, the, the the real money of our industry. They've also got to get back to to a place where they're not driven by numbers and analytics so much, and where. The, the music and the art and the custodianship of the art matters more than what some statistician puts. I remember I was visiting a label um, about a year and a half ago before everything blew to hell. And um, the conversation that we had was, well, we, we're starting a new analytic. We're starting a new a, a new A&R team based on analytics solely. So there's a creative A&R and analytical A&R team. And I was like, why? Like we can't go down this path and continue down this path where the only artist, can you imagine if we're talking about sculptures or paintings or any other art form where, you know, in order to be seen and heard, it didn't matter what your art looked like so much uh, as to whether or not you cussed your mother out on television or had some viral TikTok moment or something like that. And, you know, I can't imagine what, what we know historically as art, like Picasso, or, or no, and no matter what the medium is, if it had been based on who was the most popular or who was the best or the savviest marketer on Instagram. Um, so, you know, I'm really hopeful that, you know, just as things continue to evolve and we get back in this place where it's not just based primarily i don't think the analytical part will ever go away but at the very least i want to believe that we're now in a place where at the, where where we can base it on you 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 want us to have some analytics great but we still got to base this on artistry we still got to find that's and that's the that's also the the reason of you know when I think about the lineage of the Diana Ross, Michael Jackson, Beyonce, that space of you know mega mega superstar, um, you know, I think we have a lot of talented acts out there doing great things right now, but but there's no obvious heir apparent, you know, to to what's going on. Great great folks doing great things, but where are the heir apparents? And have we gotten so caught up in analytics, you know, that we're not really doing the development, you know, like Beyonce was developed, Michael was developed, Diana Ross was developed. It you just didn't show up with, you know, 20 million followers on a social media platform. Um, so it's going to be, I think it's going to take some different thinking, but I also think it's going to come down to a place maybe where the art just gets so frustrating um, that we're just like, wait, wait, wait. We we got to focus back on on the music. We got to focus and make the music good. And the other thing that the other thing too, I think that plays into that is like live using real instruments. You know, like one of the things that we're learning even through our current single is that actually kids do like live music. Mm. Go figure. <laughs> you know, the guitar was never going to go anywhere. Well, I knew that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like music is still music, so it's not just about a hot beat and. And just, you know, this, we just got to focus back on the art. Absolutely. And, and I mean, we're talking guitars. You know, your, that intro, that is that signature Nile Rogers guitar line, isn't it? It's, that's that's I mean, where it's at. He's the, I kind of wanted, wanted to hear it. I thought we were going to listen to it and talk about it together. But I, <laughs> but, 
Yeah, I mean, listen, he's one of the greatest to ever do it. It's so great to see him moving around in spaces where, you know, my, like I, I knew she growing up, obviously, and I, I'm from, a, like I said, a small town in Texas. So we didn't always have the visuals or know what someone looked like until they came to town kind of thing. Um, but to see him living in this new space and, and to moving through the EDM community and, and go on to still produce some epic records, it's just been amazing. He's like... Yeah, would love to record those guitars. Oh, <laughs> man. All right, track two, I'm going to take you back. And, uh, and I'm going to ask you, Anthony, for the first record you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. Yeah, it was uh, Whitney Houston, The Greatest Love of All. <laughs> I, um, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. When I was just a kid and that record came out, it just really spoke a lot of hope uh, into me on a very personal level. And it really speaks like to the current conversation we're seeing kind of in the world right now around little Nas X and some of the things that um, he's expressing in terms of a frustration. And I think what people don't realize that when you um, grow up, when you're a child in this world, children are not as stupid as, as we somehow or another we forget as adults that actually you were in the room and you understood everything going on too. Right. Um, and so for me, this was a song that really reflected um, me personally um, in a way, unlike Nas where he's able to actually push it. For me, it was more of a pull uh, in, in a space where, you know, I knew that I was different <laughs> I knew not to tell anybody I was different <laughs> and I knew not to ask any questions about my being different, but you know, this song for whatever reason really personified for me. Um, that there was a future and if I could love myself in a way that the world would that there was a sense of validation. Such a crybaby. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. yeah, so this song, I just remember playing it to myself and wanting to get out of this town. <laughs> like, I literally played it. Back then, it was cassette tapes, right? Yeah. I literally played it until I had to buy another one. Because <laughs> it just gave out, right? Yeah. Like, it just spindled in the little, what did you call, what did you call the little box can't remember, but it just spindled in the little box till it didn't work anymore. And so I would, yeah, and I would just play it and just dream of this life outside of where I was, away, outside of where I was, where maybe, um, yeah, I could just do me. And so, um, so as I watch this current conversation with Nas X and and see him so young and so um, capable of expressing himself and what he feels artistically and understanding that frustration, not just on a, a, as a black person, as a queer person, as a black and queer person in America, which is, you know, all, it, to see him pushing through in a way that validates his experience um, and charges um culture and challenges culture um with its impact on his experience um it's great and it just it and so for me i think um this song carried that for me um in a way that society and culture wasn't ready on a very personal level and clearly it still carries that weight anthony the fact that just talking about the emotion that that song meant then as as obviously impacted on you right now like that's you know that is it, it's it's an inspiring record and and you know to to be able to get you know comfort and vision and hope from that i think's a, a beautiful thing an absolutely beautiful yeah. thing um planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. For track three, I'm going to stay in the formative years. Uh, and I'm going to ask you to tell me about the song that reminds you of your time at school, please. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it's called Back to Life. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... This was my song. So I finally got out of that small town. And this was literally the song. I, I moved to Dallas. This was literally the song that I was playing on repeat on the three-hour drive to Dallas to my new life. Um, so so before we, before we go, get into that, just, just tell us, like, if you don't mind me asking that. So Dallas was someone that you chose to go. What, why did you choose to go to Dallas? Was, um, it was just a chapter in my life that was my parents were divorcing. Um, things were changing and I saw opportunity to escape in some ways. Mm. Um, you know, I was, I was a popular kid, but I knew that I was still suspect. I knew that, you know, I was still living inauthentically in the way of, I live my life every day to make sure I don't get in trouble, to make sure I don't get bullied, to make sure I don't get called out, to make sure I don't get exposed, to make sure I don't get hurt. And when you're so focused on that, you don't really get to just do you and to enjoy yourself and, and, and just live authentic. So I was trying to run away from that. And I think like most people, um, you know, the, 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 um, the motif of, uh, leaving the small town in the country to go to the big city has always been attractive because I think you think a lot of it is small mind, small town geographically. And I've had other examples um, in, in my family and, in, in uh, you know, friends of our families of people that, you know, went, went left, left this place to go live their dreams. And they would come back and visit on the holidays and talk about stories or how like, my, one of, one of my play aunts, my mother had this core group of friends and they had been friends from kindergarten all the way through marriage and the whole nine yards. And one of them had a brother that was a, a really big choreographer when I was young. Um, and he would go and he'd come back and he'd play the Coca-Cola commercial that he directed or he'd play the, himself in, in, in the dance company. Or, you know, I remember he exposed me to Alvin Ailey. Um, and so I knew that there was a, and I, and I would go sit in front of the encyclopedias and just read about places, Paris, New York, you know, whatever. And I would just say, I want to go there one day. And, you know, I mean, that's why art is so important because it also exposes. Right. And so I'm thinking like, you know, it doesn't matter if I was watching the television show Dallas, which was probably everything that I thought Dallas was, <laughs> you know, I was like, they're living great. They have restaurants we don't have. They have shopping experiences we don't have. They don't. So, you know, I was I wanted to go there and I wanted to escape. So when my parents started to divorce, um, my mother was going to relocate to Dallas with her sister. And when the moment came of, do you want to stay here with your dad or do you want to go to Dallas kind of moment thing? Um, and of course, it's a much uglier story. These things are never pretty, right? But um, <laughs> But it was just... I, I wanted to go. And so I went yeah. and, and, um, you know, it, to me, when the song was like back to life, back to reality, for me, it was more like finally starting life and finally living a reality as opposed to this place that for me was not life and not reality was just a you know, um, just small town, 
um, small town living. And this is what you do. And you go from here to here and then you get married and you have two and a half kids and you get a good job with some insurance and that's going to be your life. And then you teach your kids to do the same thing, which is, there's nothing wrong with that, obviously, but just as a young creative, um, who processes information a little bit differently back then. I think now they call it things like they have fancy names, like ADHD. Back then I was just bad. <laughs> so, so I'm just a bad kid. And so um, I think when you're that kid, you, you, you kind of recognize, you just want to go where other people are like, you. listen up. I've only got another new sponsor, egg fried. It's this super cool clothing label. And if you're into sort of skating and street art and gigging and, and kind of like really cool art and throwing a little bit of Asian culture and, and the designer's kind of weird sense of humour in the mix, then you're pretty much there with the wonderful world that is eggfried.com. Now, they do these amazing punchy kind of graphic tees, hoodies and sweatshirts, beautiful art prints, as well as this, they have a denim range, all handmade in-house, all supporting the slow fashion movement. Not only that, they've given you a discount code, 10% off when you head over to eggfried.com. Just use the code EGGSALAD, E-W-G-S-A-L-A-D, save 10%. Go and get lost in the world of egg fried. Also, they've got a new kids range, and it's called Small Fried, and it's super cool, super cute. Um, And again, it's all over there in this wonderful world. Go and get involved at eggfried.com. Back to life. I mean, to 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 give you a London perspective on that. Please, uh, when when that when that record dropped, I would have been fifteen. Yeah, and and when I say you couldn't go anywhere, <laughs> you couldn't go anywhere without every shop, every car. All you heard was Jazzy B's sand. You just had boom. Boom. You just heard it was either Keep On Moving or Back to Life. Them two songs and that Oh, beat, my God, Keep On <laughs> Like, them two songs, oh, my they, life. They were the, the best song. And then the, but you can't also, don't forget the name of the group. Like, yeah. it had, like, that was so, like, that was early and people were, like, really, you know, talking about, like, there were a lot of cool names out there of, of bands and things like that. But, I don't know, it was something like Soul to Soul, like, like, like you got to really think about that and process yeah. that. And then they were yeah. bringing that vibe and the energy and the records and, the, and, yeah. and what they were actually saying and talking about. Like it was, yeah. And it was so much more than just music. Like Jazzy B created an empire. They had a, they had a shop in London. They had the soul to soul shop where you went in there and you bought the funky dread t-shirts, the funky dread, which was the character that, that they that was the soul to soul symbol. And that was huge. Everybody was wearing soul to soul clothing. It was a movement. It was more than just. I mean, that record was ridiculous. It was so good and so. It changed the musical landscape, certainly in the UK. But it yeah. was so much more than that. And he's he's a very like inspiring character, Jazzy B. I think he's. You know, there's there's. A, I don't know if it's on YouTube, but um, but there's there's an hour long documentary about soul to soul and, and, and Jazzy B and how he started off selling antiques and bits and pieces on a, on a, on a, in a market and then he started selling records then he built a sound system then he started taking this sound system out and putting parties on then he started producing the, it, the guy's a maverick and like an absolute genius and you know whatever is you know long forgotten of that journey that that song that beat that sound will live forever forever and I think it's, you know, part of the reason, you know, for me that it's that it was nice that this came together um, and as our cover and it, it kind of refreshed in the 2021 fashion was just kind of being able to say to me, it was more of a, a nod of thanks. Uh, <laughs> thanks for giving me that. I, you know, I know the sound. I, listen, there's been so many great records historically, right? Like, like that will be legendary records um, so just to be in this time, in this space, have a moment to touch it creatively in a way that can be received um, within the constructs of now music um, has been an honor. And um, yeah, and I just really appreciate just who they were and what they did. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. For your fourth track, I'm going to ask you to tell me the first record you bought from a record store, please. 
Oh, uh, that would be, well, <laughs> that's a different thing. So the first record I ever bought myself was Control by Janet Jackson, which was not a record, but this thing of the past called an album. <laughs> I think I remember them. I remember them. Right. <laughs> they don't do them anymore. But back in the day, you listened to a whole album as a bot. I mean, how far we've come, right? Just from how we even digest music. Um, but down to two minutes. But, um, yeah, but it was a control album. And interestingly, I don't think I really was a huge Janet Jackson fan before that record. And it's funny as I sit here and talk about it and the memories are starting to float back through my head. Um, this is this record always identified to me as... So I, father was a minister, mother was a school teacher. It gets no more conservative. The rules were plentiful and thick and serious. <laughs> and I mean, I just can't even put... Like, I, like, I can't even tell you if you just just process that for just a second. Minister and a school teacher. I mean, <laughs> listen, we, we, we learned a lot. Is all I can say. There was a lot of emphasis on education and rules and boundaries and things like that. And this song, especially "Control," I don't even think "Control" was necessarily the single. I think it was like, I mean, I know it was a big single, but where you know we weren't listening to radio all the time, like music works differently in terms of when, especially in those small towns where you could listen to certain types of music during certain times of day. So, so one station, seven DJs playing their genre, not a country music station. No, no, no. Country music is in the morning from seven to 11 and you know, that kind of, and then R and B is from 11 to three, you know, <laughs> that, that kind of place. Right. And so, uh, so this record from, so, I got put on to it, then I went and bought the record. And the minute I heard the record control, <laughs> it just spoke to me as, like, I would blast it. And I don't even think my parents realize it. I'm, like, playing this record for y'all. Like, one day I'm going to be in control of my own life. I'll decide what I want to eat. I'll decide. <laughs> and, and it's funny because now I look back on it and I'm watching, like, I have little nieces, seven years old, my angels, and to see them, you know, grow up, <laughs> you know, where they can, they have a voice and what they want to eat. You know, it's just the little things that, 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 that sometimes I think, you know, some of us from a different generation <laughs> just didn't get to experience the way. Um, so, yeah, so that record was the, the, the first one I bought and, and, and that's another one I played it for. Let's wait a while. Always yeah. sticks out in my head too. Like, like those are the two songs that, and I think that was let's wait a while was a song for me that was like, Oh, I want to write these when I grow up. I write too many slow love songs and Andre will tell you, like I can pop out a love song so fast. Now, I don't know. I've never experienced the shit, but I can, <laughs> but, but I have this idea and this concept and I can, Give me a chord progression in 20 minutes. And I mean, you know, and I have everybody here like, I'm like, it ain't real. You know? <laughs> like, but, but that was where I was just like, oh, I want to write songs, grooves. And, and, I, and, and she really also, I think, it also was like really, like, look, it's Janet, right? They, so much of that music was just legendary. And I mean, it's Jimmy and Jam and Terry Lewis. Oh, um, I, I tend to... <laughs> Right. What more do you yeah. need? Janet Jackson and Jam and Lewis. I mean, there you go. These are literally some of the best projects and some of the most cohesive projects. Um, and I think it's probably why I try to pay so much attention to how a, a project comes together and has like a, con a continuous thread. Because I've always admired that. And I know that some of, you know, like Andre's mentor, Rodney Jerkins, I know he's amazing at that. Um, and, and, and the P's albums were always the same, you know, where you could put it in, like the goal is to put the record in and press play and for the person to sit there for 45 minutes and listen to this work of art and this project, not just, uh, you know, bop your head to the one single and move on to the next thing. Like these are, this, these were bodies of work. And for me, um, the way that those albums would come together for her, the talking in between the albums, uh, between the records, the the things that were the transitions, 
using that, the same drums. That was something Jam and Lewis done, not only on that, they done that on the uh, Alexander O'Neill Hearsay album. In between every track, there was these conversations, and it was uh, like, literally like that record and that control record. They sit side by side for me. I think they're absolute masterpieces of, 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 of that genre. And I only found out the other day, I don't know if you, I imagine you know this, but Jam and Lewis produced Just Be Good To Me for the SOS band. I never knew that. And I mean, I don't think I knew that either. That's oh, that, wow! It's an amazing record, and I was like, and I was, I was, oh, and I was having, oh, a, wow. I was, I was that jogging the other day, <laughs> and I was listening to it, and I was like, this is so good. And I got home, and I thought, I'm that kind of nerd. I was like, I wonder who produced that, and I was like, shit, it was Jam and Lewis. Well, now it makes sense, right? When you think about it, when you think about it, I'm like, oh, now I definitely, I see that. Yeah. Like, like, but they also took that groove from. Um, you know, when those guys came to LA, they were coming from this whole, I mean, I don't even know if there's a such thing as a Midwestern sound, right? It was just something that nobody had heard before and a vibe that no one had heard before. Um, and they, they made it a household thing. Massively, massively. Okay. Let's go clubbing. Track five, the song (laughs) that soundtrack your years clubbing, please, Anthony. I don't think I realized what was happening with these when people asked me about this. <laughs> so, so this record um, is, is Percolator. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> oh, the memories that record brings up of just being impossibly reckless and free. It was when I I made the decision to, so I had some trauma in college. I was sexually assaulted by a campus police officer and uh, something kind of spiraled out of control for me. Um, And at the same time, I was dealing with my parents finding out um, about my sexuality uh, and that whole struggle and journey and I had, I was at a crossroads where I was either going to go back to Texas uh, with my family and, you know, they were going to fix me, whatever that meant, or to run. And I chose to run. Um, I was actually adopted by um, a, a transgendered woman on the spot the day before I was supposed to take my bus, my one-way ticket back to Texas. And she pulled me into her world. Um, and, you know, in addition to being an amazing person who taught me a lot about the world and um, how life works and how to make ends meet and how to find just food and rent money when you don't have it. And, and, and all and this just amazing struggle in hindsight. Um, she was also part of the club world. Um, as you know, the, the, the kids, as we call them, the LGBTQ plus kids for years have always kind of been a, the undercurrent, the basis of what how music is, of what clubbing is, of what, you know, Fashion. Of, of just this, yeah, of culture and, and, and club culture. Um, and so I would, I was such a, I was, believe it or not, <laughs> I was so shy. And this song for me just kind of identifies, except on the dance floor. And this was the song for me where I could completely let it loose. I didn't care if anybody was looking at me or not. (laughs) All I needed was a wall. And this groove and this beat could take me away from everything that wasn't okay or wasn't right, of everything I needed to do, that needed to fix. Um, It was... I mean, I don't even know how to say it. It, it was, it, it was like an audio drug, but it, it, you could just disappear in this into the song and into the space, um, yeah, and just be yourself. I think it was probably part of that quest for authenticity, part of that quest for just wanting to be so. Um, this song takes me back to a time. And you know what's so funny is it's just as relevant in the scene today <laughs> as it was back then. Hmm. And 
I think there's just certain songs that come from this culture and come from the club culture um, and, and these communities that really do transcend time, place, and all those kinds. Like, for all intents and purposes, you know, I know 20-year-olds that listen to Percolator the same way I did when I was 20, and it means the same thing to them, and they carry on the same way that my knees no longer allow me to. And, <laughs> you know, it's like, that's, and, you know, it's funny because I think that's what we go for with our music is, is it doesn't have to date out. Um, it just, but there's just certain songs in certain spaces uh, that take you there. So yeah, particular. that's a good one. And I think it did better in the UK probably than it did in the States. I think here it was club. It was, it was really underground culture. It wasn't like a massive song on the radio. Um, but it, yeah, but I think for you guys, you guys have always celebrated house music and club music in a different way than what we we did back then. Um, uh, Anthony, I've I've asked that question to over three hundred guests now, uh, <laughs> and nobody has answered that question more beautifully than what you just did and gave oh. us, got such clarity and such passion <laughs> and honesty. Uh, so thank you very much for that. That that was that was an incredible answer. Oh. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Okay, I'm going to take you home for track six. Okay. Uh, I don't want a favorite song from an artist from your home county, please. Um, well, you mean home in America, right? Oh, from my, wait, my home in America. I, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's weird. Well, it's hard. It doesn't transcend this question quite so well when it goes yeah, stateside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Got it. Well, um, it was made clear to me that she's technically not an American, but I, I'm still going to roll with it because I just, the song just is so, I just love the song and it's Rihanna and it's called What Now? Um, and I think they tested it, but it was one of those songs where they tested it, but it didn't go massively popular. But I just love the, the, I, what this song says for me is, you know, my mother and my grand, the elders used to always say this thing. If it's not one thing, it's another in life. And, 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 you know, real time, especially after COVID and after everything going on with COVID and the uncertainty attached to just what's really happening, right? With all of our lives on this very individual level. Um, this song just really kind of just takes a lot of these emotions and balls it up into music for me. It's just like, you know, what now? Because the reality is after COVID, there will be something else, right? Once we get this under control, there will be something else. And trying, you know, on a regular basis to live from this place where um, I, I, I recently had this thought of, of changing my perspective. You know, one of the things I'm always saying to my guys is I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. I got to do that. And I said, you know, 
I got to reframe this into, I get to do this. I get to do that. I get to, I get to do this because the reality, there's so many people that don't, there we go, freaking tears again, but there's so many people that don't get to live, be themselves or live um, authentically. You know, today's like um, trans visibility day. I think about all the narratives and how um, the success of shows like Pose um, has elevated the community from the underground into mainstream which had a dual impact. It also put a target on their backs. And so now we're having conversations about driver's licenses and restrooms, you know, and, and, and people are, you know, going back to this old narrative of, you know, <laughs> this community is this horrible, atrocious community that's out to get us and change our values. Like slavery and the Holocaust never happened, you know, <laughs> and, and just very, small so um so when i listen to this song it is sort of like expresses outwardly just these thoughts i have of what now it's fine it's gonna it, look this too shall pass we will get through all of it um there's always going to be something and it doesn't change our goal or where we want to go or, or or what we want to do it just changed how you know how we move and how we get there so um yeah that that's that's my song um, that's my song that I'm bopping right now on a regular basis. <laughs> okay. So for your last uh, track, Anthony, you can play DJ now and turn someone onto something new. And, uh, and I'm going to ask you, please, for a song that many may not know that you would like them to hear. Well, interestingly, you should ask me that question on today, Trans Day of Visibility. Um, one of the projects that we've been working on recently is with um, we have two releases out right now. Obviously, the Back to Life uh, with Mari Cray um, and A2. Um, and then a second project with one of the stars from Pose, American and American Horror Story, Angelica Ross, who is a black trans woman. Um, and, and we also partnered with House Legend, especially there in the UK, uh, the one and only Ultranate, uh, to create a song called Fierce, um, that really celebrates uh, the Black trans community um, and brings attention and focus to the um, epidemic levels of violence and murders perpetrated against this community that's come at the expense of uh, them being celebrated in pop culture. Um, so, yeah, those are those are the records. They're both uh, on various playlists over at Apple UK. Um, and we're hoping that they will be on some pride playlists over there as well. Um, and I think it's got a different vibe, but we still used um, it, it. That one really goes back to this organic house vibe goes commercial. Um, so both of them are paying homage if you will, <laughs> to, to, uh, to sounds that we appreciate and, 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 and love and wanting to, um, give them a fresh 2021 spin. Well, we put together a Spotify playlist to accompany the podcast so people can go and listen to uh, all of the tracks that you've, you've, you've chosen today, uh, Anthony. As, as we find ourselves hopefully coming out of this pandemic that, uh, that has faced us for the last year and hopefully we can get back to connecting with people and, and hugging our friends and, and, and clubbing and dancing. Well, listen, and, you know, it's one of the things that Mari says us all the time about back to life is it's the timing of this message couldn't be better. Yeah. Right. So while I think from a, from a production, I think that's really what she's kind of expressing in her, um, in her vocals is it's time for us to, to get back to life, get back to reality, get back to normalization, get back to loving each other. Like, dude, I haven't seen my mom in a year. I don't even know what that's about. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, and I know we're all feeling that and, and want to get everybody vaccinated. And, and I just really want to encourage everyone to just, just a little while longer, we can really get through this in a way that, you know, this thing just becomes more of a, a an annual flu kind of thing. Uh, but we got to just focus a little while longer. I, I get really nervous when like Andre and Mari are in a quarantine right now. And I hear other things going on in the UK and I'm just like, guys, we got to get through this this time. Like just everybody keep the ship moving, keep the boat floating. Um, so yeah. So back to life, back to reality. 
the messaging and the timing couldn't be more amazing. Absolutely. Uh, and then if people want to keep up with everything that you're doing and A2, where's the best place to, for people to find out what you're doing? Um, we are all on uh, social media. I think um, at A2 Music Official. Um, I am Anthony Preston. Um, and I am Andre Lendl on, uh, and that's A2. And we also want you to check out, um, the most dynamic, our artist, Mari Cray, um, at Mari Cray on Instagram or Mari Cray vibes on, uh, some of those other TikTok, um, and, and such, and, um, just a phenomenal creative to work with an artist to work with. So, um, check us out in those social media places and, and yeah, and send us messages. And, and if you got music, one of the things I always really like to do is hear what, what kids are working on. So I would assume other producers are listening to this stuff. Please send us messages. We'd love to hear what you're working on and what we're working on. If we can help out and all that kind of jazz. Just want to make sure, just can't wait to get back out there. And, and I personally can't wait to get to London and get back in the mix. I mean, I'm, I'm overdue a shortage trip. I'll say that. So, so I'm, yeah, let's grab a coffee when I'm over. Oh, let's do that. That sounds wonderful. Um, I'll make sure that I take you all uh, in all the posts when this comes out. And, and honestly, Anthony, it, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Thank you so much. No, I enjoyed myself as well. So it was great to talk to you. This was a lot of fun. This is, you know, typically people want to talk about Britney and all that kind of jazz. And it's like, it was nice just to just have a conversation with a fellow music lover about things you rarely get to talk about in, in an interview capacity. So I, I appreciate it. Because at the end of the day, you know, those are the stories that inspire my art. Absolutely. Those are the stories that, that purpose why I do what I do. So Amazing. thanks. I love what you're doing. Well, I'm going to go because I'm going to go and sling on muscles, take my shirt off, and have a dance around my front room, man. <laughs> you guys do that. I'm going to go to the gym and try to get my muscles back. I'm taking my abs out of storage right now. So. Anthony, thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. There you go. I mean, what a beautiful human being. What an honest story. You know, there was laughs tears i mean we 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 went everywhere and and yeah as mentioned at the beginning i i just really want to thank anthony for for being so open and honest um whilst uh also you know making me laugh and choosing some amazing records to discuss it was a, it was a really wonderful chat so thank you um i'll be back next time in the meantime go and check out uh all of the the 260 episodes in the back catalogue or go and get access to another couple of hundred episodes in the Patreon um, and all of them things you can find out about at www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com I'll see you next time. Be excellent to each other. Bye-bye. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing. www.sosclothing.co.uk Why am I telling you this? they're our official sponsor yeah that's right go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale you're going to love it so they've decided they want to be our sponsor which is amazing and what i have to do is i have to tell you about why they're amazing so here's a little bit of blurb so they've only been going a year and they're based in south end on sea just up the road from me they put the company together based on a a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk do a bit of shopping, see what you like, 
throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15. B-E-A-T-1-5. And that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk Official sponsors of Off The Beaten Track Podcast. It's Off The Beaten Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Hey,